What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Mentally Fit, the podcast that discusses topics relating to mental health and LGBTQ issues. I'm Kendra Fisher, a Canadian ice hockey goalie. If you're a new listener to the show, you can hear the first episode at wisport.com, in which I discuss preparing for the holiday season and offer some advice on how to cope with what can be a really hard time of year. You can also find the full transcript on the show page under Listen, click on Mentally Fit. Uh, This show gives me the opportunity to share my experience with you and offer some advice on how to cope better uh, because it's important to know that you're not alone and that you can develop the tools to call on when you need them. Uh, I spend a lot of time now giving talks on these subjects and on this episode, uh, I wanted to get into a bit on um, why I value sports so much and I guess the bold statement that I have made several times, which is how sports saved my life. Um, If you haven't had a chance to hear much about me at this point, um, I'm a past member of Team Canada's hockey program that was forced to quit Team Canada uh, due to a diagnosis of mental illness. My diagnosis kind of covered the spectrum a little bit from depression, anxiety, severe panic, OCD, agoraphobia. Um, And I remember back when I had just first been diagnosed and I was going through the motions of of kind of reaching out and searching for resources, which is often very difficult um, in this journey uh, of living with mental illness. And as I was meeting with the doctors and the psychologists, and and fortunately, my parents were there uh, supporting me, one message got to be kind of very clear to me, which was nobody was willing to just let me lay down and die. Nobody was willing to let me give up. And Ironically, that was the most frustrating news I could have received at that time. It was so hard just coping with the day-to-day, I guess, what I would have considered to have been normal previously. Uh, Getting out of bed, eating, wanting to take a shower, not being able to leave my apartment, not wanting to see people, just everything that seemed so uh, second nature, I guess, up to that point had all of a sudden become... Uh, just a journey for me and what had happened in that time period was pretty much I was I was told that I had to keep one commitment 
that was what my direction was from my doctor. And, and that direction was very much supported by my parents. And that was no matter what, it didn't matter what it was going to be. If I, if I was too sick to work, that was fine. If I was too sick to, you know, go to school anymore, that was fine. But what they told me was that I had to pick one commitment, one thing that regardless of how sick I was, I was going to keep in my schedule. And at the time, I chose hockey. Um, I guess it seemed the easiest to me. It was what came most second nature to me. It was what I felt I could continue doing. And it was horrible. I remember my days back then where it would take me hours to convince myself just to leave my apartment. And when I would finally leave my apartment, it would take me hours to get to whatever arena I was trying to travel to just because at that time, my anxiety, my panic were so bad that I couldn't even get on a highway. I had to drive on side roads. I had to pull over probably 30 times on the way to the arena, just trying to regain my composure because I would be having panic attacks and the anxiety of being out of my apartment was so much. And all in all, it was just this horrible time in my hockey career even. But what it did was it forced me to have something in my life that I was committed to. It forced me to have accountability to something other than just myself. And as difficult as it was because my desire to hide what I was going through was so great, it was something that now I recognize I can very much credit with being part of my recovery. Um, I wasn't able to do um, many of the things that I had I had previously enjoyed. I had no friends left in my life. I avoided circumstances and situations and people uh, as much as I could. But being forced to be on the ice, it, it forced me into a place that had always been somewhat cathartic for me. And without even realizing it, I would have to say that goaltending was probably my first kind of uh, step into meditation and mindfulness. Because when I'm goaltending, when I'm in that net, I find that place where the rest of the world kind of disappears. And ultimately, what I was able to do with what I had learned in sport and what I had learned in my position was to then transfer that. And when I started about learning more about coping mechanisms and cognitive behavioral therapy and meditation and mindfulness, uh, yoga, I was able to kind of transfer those skills into learning those things to help me live with my mental illness. Um, and I started to find that I was finding those connections more and more in my recovery. I was able to realize that a lot of the skills that I had learned as an athlete, the relationships that I had formed with teammates, um, I guess the the drive, the practice, the desire to become the best athlete I could all of a sudden, when I started to get to a place where I was taking steps into my road to recovery, I got really, I kind of had the same mindset, that, that same athlete mindset really kicked in for me. And I got to a place where I was driven to practice my recovery. I was driven to practice the coping tools and practice the things that I was being taught that could help my mental health. And ultimately, I have no doubt whatsoever that many of those skills that I had learned are part of the reason why I've been so successful in 
mastering the tools that I use to live in recovery with mental illness. And I take that a step further because I've often been asked if the, I guess, stress of my, my position, of my sport, of being an elite athlete, maybe led to that anxiety, maybe led to that panic and, and the depression ultimately. And I'm so happy when people ask me that question because I can answer with such strength when I say absolutely not. Of course, doing anything at, at a high level, it comes with its challenges and it comes with its stresses. But those ultimately weren't my mental illness. They, they were nothing to do with my disordered behavior. And I think... On the flip side, I, I can wholeheartedly say that quite the opposite, those, those experiences and my journey to becoming an athlete, especially at a high level, ultimately gave me the foundation to start developing my coping skills. And I guess the other part that I want to touch on just on this conversation then is you don't have to be an elite athlete to benefit playing sports at any level. Um, it's just such a positive impact on a person. You know, there's the biological side of what being active does for somebody. And you can't argue it. As somebody who lives with anxiety and somebody who lives with depression, I've had a lot of time to learn about the biological and physiological effects of exercise on my physical health and how it affects my mental health. And I can tell you that doing cardio, staying active, out there and just playing actually increases the chemicals in my body that help me to cope better with my illness. And it's absolutely part of my recovery now is to maintain some level of physical activity every day. And on the flip side, the social environment that we often get into in sport, even in individual sport, even in sports where perhaps our social environment is our coaches or the people that we're competing with, um, the ability to forge those relationships and to have those, those, I guess, just built in a way that they come from a place of passion. They come from such a shared space that they become just completely valuable tools that we can use to help build our support networks. Uh, and I think that this topic, the reason I find it so important is because it's something that everybody can do. It's something everybody could take advantage of to help themselves. You don't have to be the best at a sport. You don't even have to be good at a sport. But if you can find it in you to join and to play and to have fun, and ultimately at every level, there are such valuable, you know, just it, the confidence that comes with it and the tools that we end up learning without even realizing that we're learning them. I never got into hockey to learn mindfulness. I never got into goaltending to learn how to strategize and problem solve. But ultimately, those are the things that I gained from that position. And I just feel like there's such a, just a powerful need to share, especially with today's youth and where we're going and kind of getting away from being a more active society and, and you know, less involvement in sports, that we really need to get that messaging out there, how important it is that you know, we, we look to sport and we look to physical activity to stay engaged. Um, I guess that's uh, my messaging around this. And again, one that I can proudly say, you know, I, I can, I can 100% say that sport saved my life. And I am so grateful for that. 
That's all for this episode of Mentally Fit. Please visit my website, mentallyfit.com, for more information and resources. And follow Mentally Fit on Twitter at mentally underscore fit and on Instagram at mentallyfitms. Make sure to follow Wisp Sports on all social media channels at Wisp Sports. And for more conversation from around the world of women's sports, including articles, video, blogs, podcasts, visit wispsports.com. Wisp Sports Radio is the largest podcast network for women's sport in the world with over 700 episodes across 30 unique shows and a global audience of 1.5 million. You can listen on the website or subscribe on any podcast player such as iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. I'm Kendra Fisher, and until next time, thanks so much for listening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.